بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إمام النووي's Riyad al-Saliheen is an immensely blessed hadith collection that has been cherished by Muslims for over seven centuries. In this series, Sheikh Yahya Rodas gives brief commentary on each of the hadiths in this collection, helping us to follow the sunnah of our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وفضل الصلاة وتم تسليم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم أجمعين كتاب العادة الصالحين لسيدنا إمام النووي رحمه الله تعالى ونفعنا بإلوم في الدهر الأمين إلى أن قال حديث نمبر 101 عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال حجبت النار بالشهوات وحجبت الجنة بالمكاره متفق عليه وفي رواية المسلم حفت بدل حجبت وهو بمعناه أي بينه وبينها هذا الهجاب فإذا فعله دخلها أبو هرير نريد ست المسنجر الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said The fire is veiled by desires and paradise is veiled by hardships It's related by Al-Bukhari and Muslim in another narration, Sahih Muslim has the word surrounded instead of veiled. Both have the same meaning, namely, there are barriers between the fire and paradise. If a person falls into either one of them, he will enter them. So we have in this blessed hadith of our Prophet وسلم, a foundational meaning to life and various things that we do here and the way that it translates into the hereafter and when we transition from this world into the next and this is the seventh hadith that Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala mentions in his Babun Fil Mujahada and this is chapter on spiritual struggle on striving and after opening it with blessed verses from the Quran he mentions the number of hadith of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and the reason is clear why he is now mentioning this hadith because he's teaching us something that we need to know about the nature of this world. And then in order for us to be people of Jannah is that we have to do our part. And ultimately we know even our Prophet will only enter into paradise by the mercy of Allah. No one's actions will ever save them. Not even you, O Messenger of Allah. ولا أنا, not even me. إِلَّا أَنْ يَتَغَمَّلِينَ اللَّهُ بِرَحْمَتَهُ Save that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala envelops me in His mercy. And so we know that it's not our actions that are saving us, but we have to do them. And Sayyidina Shaykh Abdul-Qadir used to speak to the a'mal, to the works, to the deeds, to the various things that we do. And that... Uh, that bik la nasal wala bud mink. Through you, we don't arrive to closest to Allah Ta'ala or to be admitted into paradise, but we have to do. In other words, is that we have to do our part, we have to strive, we have to struggle to be upright. And it's hard because we're human beings and we're made of clay and we have a worldly nature and we have desires, shahawat, that arise within our nafs which is our own self, our ego, our soul, who we are. And those desires are attachments 
that we have to the world. And there's, of course, degrees of desire. There are desires that are permissible. And these are not the ones that are being referred to in this blessed hadith of our Prophet Although Ibn Alan points out that if someone is excessive in following their desires, then this becomes makruh. This becomes legally offensive because the excessive, when we are excessive in terms of what it is that we eat, what it is that we drink, what it is that we do, and all the permissible types of desires, it brings hardness to the heart and it makes us lazy mm. and it makes us unable ultimately to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obey Him as He deserves to be worshipped. So the desires referred to here are primarily the desires that are forbidden and ultimately that you could extend it to the mubahat and to others that are not forbidden if you mean by that degrees in paradise. And so in general the principle is the more we refrain here in this world, the more we'll receive in the next. The more we that indulge in this world, the less we will experience of the bliss of paradise. And the only exception to that is if we are indulging in this world with an intention. And that's what's important, especially for us, that we have so much and we have so many blessings and things are so easy for us. And we have to make sure to make a strong intention behind everything that is that we do to do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a couple of stories in this regard with Salihin. And one of them, for one of his children got married and he had a huge wedding. And they invited a lot of people. And he served a lot of food to the people that were present. And they had these candles that were lit on the edge. And someone who came knew this person was righteous, but they thought this was Israf. They thought this was extravagance and you're wasting money. And then he knew, he mentioned something to the sheikh. And the sheikh said to him, is it try to blow out any candle that I didn't light for the sake of Allah? So this man goes over and tries to blow out the candle, right? It won't blow out. The candle won't blow out. So he realized, Allah, the sheikh has an intention. There's other things that I'm not fully understanding behind this. And Allah, Imam Bakr Adni radiallahu one time he had a guest come to visit him, one of the ulama, and he knew that he used to like the heart, the meat of the animal, the heart. Now, we don't tend to eat the heart here. In places like Mauritania, they would eat virtually every part of the animal. And they would eat the heart, they would eat the liver. They would fry the intestines and in almost every part of the animal. And so that he slaughtered that around 50 goats. And when the alim came to eat, he served him a plate of cooked hearts. Right? That was the choice part of the meat of the animal for him. And then it, a khatar, a thought came to the thought, uh, to the heart of the scholar. This is israf, this is extravagance, right? 50 goats, yani, so that I can right, have the meat that I like. And Imam Bakr Ali was from the Mukashifin. He read was in his heart. And that he says that we're trying to that honor people for their knowledge that they have. And they say that this is israf. 
It says that don't think that any of the meat is going to go to waste. Is that there are many poor people that were taking care of that. It wasn't just for you that we slaughtered, but we were distributing meat. The same Imam Abu Bakr Adni, subhanAllah, one of the most ajib things I've ever read about this Imam. He used to pay young people to spend time with him at night. He would put on salary a large number of young people. He would literally pay them to spend time with him at night. Because he knew that if they weren't with him at night, they'd be out causing trouble and getting themselves in trouble and doing things that were displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He literally paid them and gave them a wage. And the only thing that they had to do was just to be in his company at night. And obviously that he's making dhikr and that's studying and that doing things of khair. But this is the way that the people of Allah are. They have hirs. They're that concerned about people. So in this narration, it says hujibat. Hujiba is to be veiled. And in another narration, hufat. Hufat is to be encircled. It has a similar meaning. And so in other words, is that it's easy to fall. And the same word, one of the, the darakat of the nar is the hawiya. And the hawayahwi is to fall. And so think about how hard it is to go up. And let's just say that you went up a hundred stairs and then you could jump down. Or just think about walking down, how much easier it is to walk down as opposed to walk up. Or that if you jump off, you don't put any effort in except the initial jump. And then, so falling is very easy. That struggling and that doing what you have to do to ascend is very difficult. And so what encircles the fire are shahawats. And that things that people like, their desires. And what encircles paradise are makarah. And that makara are things that are distasteful to us. Hardships. The opposite of shahawat. The things actually that we don't like. And so that the meaning here is clear. Is that in order for us to be people of paradise is that we have to do things here in this world that we don't like. And ultimately there's no raha for the believer. And it doesn't mean that we don't take time off. It doesn't mean that we don't take vacations and rest and things of that nature. But you can never take a break from taqwa. You can't just say, okay, I've had taqwa the whole week. I'm just going to take a day off of taqwa. And come back to it on Monday. In taqwa, you have to remain in a state of vigilance and protect your deen throughout your entire life and in every single moment. And that's for the salihin, is that the most important thing is that your heart is in a state of iqbal, of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ideally in every single moment, but as much as we can. And it's according to this meaning that some of the salihin have said, is that were I to be in a state of iqbal my entire life, and then to fall heedless for one moment, what I would have missed in that one moment would have been greater than everything it is that I received in every previous moment. And this is how they are. And these are the type of people that we want to be like and then move up in these degrees where we have a higher ability to be patient with our lower desires and to that uh, patiently endure as well in enduring hardships. And then once we move up in those degrees and the heart becomes pure, then everything starts to change. Is that our shahawat start to change? 
because our hawa starts to be taba' bima ja'a bihi sallallahu alayhi Then once the nafs becomes refined, we start to love what he loved. And worship actually starts to become sweet. And dhikr starts to become sweet. And various acts of obedience become sweet. And even bearing hardships become sweet. And actually the righteous, which is actually pretty amazing, prefer to be in a state of tribulation with afia, with well-being, because they know relief is coming. Then being in a state of ease and that then expecting that things might become difficult after that. And that out the difficulty that they're experiencing is outward. But internally, Allah Ta'ala makes those tribulations burden with salaman, that cool and peaceful upon them. So they're experiencing the most difficult of tribulations, but they're able to remain patient. And this is why we know that the prophets have the greatest tribulations of all. But then when we understand this, this is not just outwardly. And our teachers used to say that the greatest bala of our Prophet is to have a heart that has such overwhelming love for Allah, but still have to remain here in this dunya. Like imagine that, like you, all you, like unbelievably strong love in your heart for Allah, and you want to just be with your Lord, but you have to remain here in the world. And you have to convey the message. And you have to be with people. And subhanAllah. So there's degrees in all of this, but at the basic level where we're all at as beginners is that we have to recognize is that we have to strive against our shahawat because they can get us in trouble. And they say that one drop of passion corrupts an entire ocean of knowledge. So we have to be very careful with shahawat and what they drag us into. And we have to that have the correct frame for all of the makarah and all the difficulties that we have. That in reality, there's good behind them. There are secrets of the divine decree that we are not aware of. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves someone, especially at the end of their lives, He will oftentimes send them extreme difficulties and hardships because there might be certain degrees that they can only attain through going through those tribulations. And when we're at the janazah of our dear brother, Osama Khanna, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon his soul and raise him to the highest degrees of closest to him, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Sheikh Muhammad Yaqubi was there and he was mentioning one of the great Mashayikhs of Sham, Sheikh Abdul Rahman al-Shawwuri, that towards the end of his life, there was problems within his immediate family and he was unable to do anything about it because he was older. And even some of the people around him were like, how could this happen to the sheikh when he's such a, from the kibar of the awliya, that there's these things happening in his own family. How could this happen? And the sheikh Muhammad Yaqubi said, those who understand knew, this was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that there were certain degrees that Allah wanted to, that raise him to, that the only way for him to achieve those degrees was to go through what is he was going through and to go through those difficulties here in this world. And then there's degrees that come in paradise as a result of that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us understanding of this deen. Bless us in this month of Rabi'l-Awwal. Inshallah ta'ala, the blessings will stay with us. Bi'lina ta'ala. 
and the remaining part of the year. May Allah fill our hearts with the love of Him and the love of Sayyidina Muhammad and bless us with Kamad and Mutaba and a complete and perfect following of Him. Thank you for listening to one of Al Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full time, part time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.